Do everything as if unto the Lord. Was was just lying in the swag at night and just looking up at the stars. Because I'm like, no, then the then the problem wins. I'm just going to grind against it for the rest of the day. We need to have some space that, that breeds creativity. I found that balance is the best way to be a functional human being. No, no one's coming to rescue you from yourself. The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Oz Table Talk. My name is Luke and I am at the table as usual with Dave and Ben. Good evening, gentlemen. Good, Good evening. evening. How are <laughs> you, was Luke? Very, that was very much in unison. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're really excited, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm good. I I am hot, but I am good. So this is, I know you guys are probably listening to this uh, a bit in the future, but right now it's that massive heat wave that we had in Australia in early December. And yeah, I am cooking right now. It's Figuratively. Be, yeah. It's got to be funny for our listeners who live overseas and they're experiencing the depths of winter at the moment. And we're complaining yes. about how hot it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the nature of, you know, different hemispheres. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But so how are you guys? Yeah, yeah, real good. I'm I got air conditioning myself um <laughs> two, three weeks ago, so I'm really good. <laughs> You're looking very smug there on the screen. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this is the first year I've had air conditioning in my living space, so I'm thoroughly enjoying it because I'm working from home now, so I it's hard to work in twenty six plus degrees heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because I work from home too, wherever I've lived, aircon has always been an essential. It's sort of like you know, I need that because otherwise, I mean, I don't know what other people are like in the heat, but for if you in a creative or brain powered industry, you know, heat just destroys my productivity, and mm-hmm. so I've always had that. But yeah, no, since we've moved here, we as most of you regular listeners will know, um, uh, we just purchased a new house, uh, and so we've moved in, but the renovations are still happening, so there's no aircon. But the good news is, this week we bought the aircon, and it's going to be installed in a couple of weeks' time. So well, we only have to endure another week or two, and yeah, we should be should be able to finally cool down a little bit, which will be nice. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually hear much from you, Dave. How, how have you been? Yeah, good, mate. I've had a really good week. Um, this week we've been so with my job with the uni, working with the schools. So this week we've been doing the STEM activities with two of the schools that I work for at the moment, and. That's been really fun to interact with the students a bit more, see them enjoying what they're learning. And yeah, I don't know, just talking to some of them about their, their future career choices and offering a, a word of advice from someone who's gone the long route. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and just interested, is your advice generally go and do it earlier or is your advice, you know, go and have those experiences first or does it change from child to child? 
Yeah, and to be to be fair, I haven't ha- been able to develop a closeness with any of the kids that I've been working with because it's been quite sporadic and short-lived to where I've got to the place to give them any sort of deeper, more meaningful advice. So I've mostly just been listening to their dreams and just encourage them to go get them. Mm. Well, whether they want to have a gap year or chase it immediately, as long as they're chasing their dreams, they, they're going to live the fulfilled career. That's actually something that was interesting. I was talking to someone. I can't remember where they were from. I talked to a lot of people from a lot of different places, but I was talking to somebody and they were saying the concept of a gap year, because in Australia, that's a very common thing. Like a lot mm. of kids have gap years. You know, they, they finish school and then they spend a year doing whatever they want and then they go to uh, you know, university and take their tertiary education. But uh, apparently that's not a done thing in a lot of countries, a lot of other places that seems to be very, very much outside the norm. Whereas for, for us, that seems, to, I guess we're pretty laid back, right? As a culture, mm. we're fairly laid back people. So that's an okay thing to do. Mm. There's actually, I'm sorry, I know I'm going way off topic here, but there was actually a book that I was reading. Um, it's called Range and I cannot remember the author's name, but he was talking about the difference between people that were born for a job, you know, with early specialization, you know, like the Tiger Woods of the world, where like by mm. the time they're three, they're, they're you know, shooting below par on, on an 18-hole course, you know, like they're, they're the kind of people that are early specializers. And then there's the kind of people that go and get vastly different experiences in lots of different domains and only find out what they're passionate about and want to specialize in comparatively late. And some of the studies show that there's actually virtually nil difference. There are some specializations that are that way inclined, but for most specialties in life, uh, there's virtually no uh, advantage to early specialization. So I thought it was really interesting. So you actually, it balances out because the experience in different fields allows you to uh, extrapolate into whatever, wherever you choose to specialize in greater ways and you have, you know, other skills that you wouldn't have otherwise. So yeah, anyway, Mm -hmm. useless information. There you go. Take it, take it or leave it. (laughs) Who knows, mate? Somebody might be listening and that was just what they needed to hear. Maybe. But for now, how about we talk about our humans of adventism question for this week? Yep. All right. The question for the week is, which of your senses do you rely the most heavily upon? It's an odd question. Hmm. Because I've got five, and I've got five for a reason. I don't want to yield any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, for me, I feel like it's the deadly obvious answer if you've got all five senses, but I, I would probably say sight. Mm. I'm a very visual learner, and... Uh, I, I guess my work is not exclusively, but primarily visuals. Um, so I would probably go with, with sight. Yeah. I, I'd be certainly the same. It's Sight is something I just wouldn't be able to do my work without. Although I would say my favorite sense is taste because <laughs> we all know how much I love to eat food and a lot of it. So <laughs> You've got gym to support a food habit. What are you talking about? <laughs> And I would go on to say that not only is that your favorite taste, but we could probably refine that even further and say what your favorite flavor is. (laughs) Icing, cake. I do like my desserts. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm going to agree. But if I had to go with a different one than sight, I would probably go with hearing because I think those two are the ones that, you know, I sort of get my bearings from. Um, Mm -hmm. the other senses somewhat less important but you know like if you weren't able to feel anything 
that would make life very difficult as well. So, like you said, Luke, we re- we do rely upon them all on a day to day basis. But isn't it interesting how little we actually pay attention to that? We're just so accustomed to that being the norm that we don't think mm. about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think back to when you interviewed um, Navil Peter on the show. Mm. What was that? A couple of years ago now. Mm. How um, he shared about living a life as a blind person and and we with as people with sight we we look at that and we think man that's incredible but for him that's that's kind of he treats that as kind of like the the new normal and so i think that's really quite inspiring you know that that people who do lose a sense are still able to to get around because they then tune in more closely to their other senses mm. yeah mm. what would be the sense that if you had to if you had to give one up which one would it be taste mm-hmm that was very quick, oh. wasn't it? It was straight off, straight out of the gate. I mean, not that you you know you want to give up taste, but it just seems like the most useless of all of them. Mm. What do you mean? That's yeah. that's the joy of life, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, I see what you're saying, Dave. But the other thing that I was thinking is, taste also tells us when we're eating something that we shouldn't, right? If something's off or whatever, then you'd never know. Well, you could smell it, surely. True. But I, I, do you, I, I do guess you do you open a bottle of milk and taste it before you smell it to see if it's off? I just I just don't open bottles of milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I I see what you're saying, and for me, I I was trying to toss it up, and for it was between smell and taste, but I couldn't. I, I was having trouble identifying which one. I I think I'd probably get down to smell in the end. Okay, yeah. I was thinking the same way because smell and taste—they're kind of like the um, the senses or that bring a lot of joy to life. And yeah, if you're going to lose one, I guess you shouldn't choose the essential ones. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the the topic for the actual discussion tonight was feel. I think Dave, I think you threw this one out there, but we're talking about. I don't even remember where it come from, but your suggestion was talk about time management. Yeah, and I think the reason why I recommended this is because I think sometimes uh, in our conversations, uh, you know, we can get quite philosophical and I think we need to, you know, every now and then throw in some real practical information. And this, I would say this is probably quite, would you say this is a strong suit for all of us, the three of us, time management? I think so, yeah. It's not too bad, although I will admit I've had some black spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, you know, we're not perfect, but I think this is something we all know how to do and when we need to, we can manage our time quite well <laughs> mm-hmm. with emphasis yeah. on when, when we need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just felt like maybe we could share some stories and, and give some advice based on our experience and help people because y- you really, you know, when you think about time, it is something a bit like our senses that we don't want to just give it up, right? You know, it's really important. Mm-hmm. It is it is the gift that we have, right? We only get a certain, a finite amount of time to live our life, obviously taking out of account eternity. And so to make the best use of the time that we have, we need to obviously be good at time management. So yeah, I think it's an important skill, but it, it, it's also, you know, something that's quite relevant no matter what field uh, you're in in your daily life whether it's your employment or just you know what what phase of life you're in at the moment so just off the bat give us your top three time management tips without any information about them no disclaimers luke this is going to be hard for you but no disclaimers (laughs) (laughs) leave uh okay oh this is hard come on don't think just say (laughs) 
few goals per day, so minimum number of goals per day with lots of padding in between, skilled prioritization of those goals. How many did you ask for? Uh, two or three. Two. I'm, I'm giving those two. If you can do those <laughs> two things, it, it, that, it will work. Okay. What about you, Ben? What are the, the first things that come to mind for you? One of the big things I do is lists. And I also have things to motivate me when I'm feeling dismotivated. So I actually use audio books mostly for that. There's nothing like listening to a, a go do cleaning around the house, listen to a business book for 20 minutes, half an hour. I'm feeling a lot more like working again. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Your reward is, so is listening to a business book. <laughs> <laughs> that is not funny at all. I, I I have done that in the past with with podcasts, particularly like you know entrepreneurial sort of podcasts. Like if I'm feeling really unmotivated to work, I will like go for a walk, listen to that, and by the time you get back, you're ready to take on the world. Yeah, I think it helps because um, running your own business, it's a, it it's a case of it is actually my dream, but it, it's just some days you just don't feel motivated no matter what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's hard working Very for yourself. So can I can I just like wind it back because just on the off chance there are people listening and the and the question that's in the back of their mind is how does this relate to the Christian life like obviously most of our conversations are spiritual ones how does time management relate to our our spiritual experience well if you're not managing your time are you going to have time for prayer or are you going to be um, for study for for outreach or connecting with your um, Christian community mm-hmm. it's if you've got bad time management you've got less time for all of that you've got less time for God and for the people around you Jesus told a parable about some guys that were given talents mm-hmm. and they were told to you know use those talents while the, the master went away for a while and when he came back he asked them to report on what they'd done with their talents and you know for one of them he hadn't improved it at all it just remained in the ground um and i think time is one of those the greatest of the gifts that god has given to us and just like he requires us to be faithful stewards of our finances i think we're also required to be good stewards of our time Mm. and so yeah i just think it's a gift god has given us to use and so of course you know it relates to our spiritual life in many other ways but yeah i think we're responsible for for how we use it so that's one way Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I mean, on top of that, there's some really obvious things that in Proverbs where it talks about you know, go to the ant, you know, and consider her ways and be wise. Talks about productivity, the the importance of doing everything that we can to the greatest of our ability. You know, do everything as if unto the Lord. The, these these uh, teachings that we find in Scripture all over the place. Um, tend to indicate that we should be thorough, we should be timely, you know, time efficient with what we do because, as you were saying, it's a finite resource that God has entrusted mm. to us. And so if if we are wanting to achieve the most good that we can in ministry, well, then it, it's all a part of it, right? It's all necessary. Yeah. I mean, and you just think about those moments in your life where you stop and you realize, man, I, I really wasted an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about how that feels to you as a person who doesn't see the end from the beginning. To, to see in hindsight when you've missed an opportunity, how, how yeah, gutted you can feel about that sometimes. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that is is motivation in itself to mm-hmm. manage your time well because that's that's the kind of thing that when you when you manage your time well that you are fighting against. Just something that I was thinking, Dave, you were saying before that the three of us, when when necessary, we all have what it takes to manage our time well. And I think you're absolutely right. But I don't think anyone gets there without first managing their time very badly, right? It, mm. Nobody is born with the capacity to juggle, you know, so many balls at once. So I'm curious from you guys, you know, was there a time in your life where you were not managing your time very well and what did that look like? Hmm, good question. The, the, obviously, the simple answer is yes, there was plenty of times. I'm just trying not to go for the obvious ones. So just give me a minute to think mm-hmm. about that. Well, how about, I, how about I throw something out while you do that? So for me, one thing that really sprung to mind at the beginning of this discussion about this was that I, when I was younger and, you know, so my life was more governed by my parents, uh, I, my time management, at least as far as I can remember, was not bad, right? You know, we accomplished a lot and all the rest. But when I mm. started tertiary education and all of a sudden I had large periods of time with which I could do whatever I pleased, I found out that I could do whatever I pleased. <laughs> and so, <laughs> therefore, I, I was not using that time efficiently. I thought I was trying to, but at the same time, I was like, wow, this is the first time in my life that I've had this freedom, so let's enjoy the freedom, you know? And mm. I mean, I did some fun things with that freedom, I guess, but I, I look back now and I could have finished my studies so much faster. I could have accomplished much more. I could have had my business stable before I got married and that would have made my life so much... Oh, you don't even want to know how much easier that would have made my life. But I look back and I, I strongly regret that time in my life from about 17 to maybe 22. And I feel like I destroyed my own good habits in that time frame as far as my own productivity and time management and those sort of things i think because i was trying to enjoy so to speak what i what i thought i had at that point i got myself into a bunch of terrible habits that dogged me for years after that and i mean i am fairly good now but um it took it really did take me years to undo the damage that i did to myself in that time frame what were some of those habits from for me i was a big one for online communities and at the time i was really passionate about like computers and uh, uh, you know modding and upgrading hardware and all that sort of thing and when i was studying at the time if i came up to something that was a challenge or was difficult or whatever i would just think okay well i i'm having trouble with this i've sort of hit a bit of a brick wall so i'm just going to slip over into the forums back when forums were a thing and i'm going to jump into the forums and then it's like boom two hours are gone and it's like oh i should get back to work now you know mm-hmm. and so i what i trained myself to do was whenever the going gets hard escape so, you know, mm-hmm. flick switches, go and do something fun instead. And, uh, you know, I have to still, um, even though I don't gratify that now, um, I still have to battle that a lot. And so that was probably one of the most significant ones anyway. But yeah, lots of those kind of things. Just um, no uh, no rigid boundaries in my life. And so therefore, um, just toggling into something easier when, when things get hard. So I guess I taught myself to take the easy road. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of another example of of bad time management um, mm. because I, I wanted to steer away from studies, but 
the most like glaringly obvious thing for me which uh was when i was quite a bit younger when i was going through high school my life revolved around sport so when i was at school i would be you know spending all of my break time playing sports the bus stops on the way to school and on the way home were spent mm-hmm. playing sports uh when i got home i'd be running around outside until i had to come inside and then when I came inside, I would still be running around inside. <laughs> Don't know how my parents let me go, get away with that. Um, and then when I had to stop doing that, I would play sports on the computer. So, like, that was my life. And I wasted a lot of um, opportunity in high school for a- actual education as a result of that. So, yeah, I think having a bit more um, temperance around the activities that I enjoyed and a bit more discipline in my life as to, you know, actually accomplishing things that were productive for my, Mm. um, you know, for the, for the future. I was, I wasn't an athlete worthy of making that my career. And so I should have realized that and tried to put some time into other things that might have. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, obviously I was a school kid. So, you know, when you're a school kid, you make those mistakes, but that's something that, I would say it was probably one of the worst time management times of my life. <laughs> and then since that, I, I probably err on the other side now. I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I don't, I don't do well with uh, unproductive time. <laughs> <laughs> um, my life has to be pretty full, otherwise I feel like something's wrong. So I probably now ha- have made the mistake quite regularly of overpacking my life full of things so that I'm not managing my time to include recreation and self-care. Um, so, yeah, strange as that might seem in a time management episode, um, I think that's probably my most relevant fault today mm-hmm. and in the last, say, 10 years. But that actually highlights a, a really a really interesting question because like most things, it's balance that's the hard, hard thing to achieve. And mm. so how do we balance, you know, productivity with smelling the, smelling the roses, if you like, you know, that productivity, um, time management, let's cram every last thing into the day with, you know, recovery, recreation, etc.? Well, funny enough, that's actually what I've been learning to do the last couple of years because I was, you go two and a half years ago for me, it was a case of how can I stuff more things into my life? I completely overloaded myself and between that and my relationship breaking down, I just crashed. I just Mm. absolutely crashed and um, since then I've had to relearn how to do time management as well because when you've got high amounts of anxiety and things you can barely get anything done so it was kind of a forced shutdown for me because I shutting down and for self-care and everything else was just a foreign language to me at the time Hmm. and basically that's actually what taught me that I need to take time for self-management and self-care making sure I'm that's gym eating right mental space and taking time to be bored so I can be creative. And so, but learning how to be highly productive again was a big trouble because about a year ago, I was at, at the point where I could, I would be all in or all out. I would binge basically. So I'd, I'd end up building up a list, trying to burn through as many as possible. And then for the next two days afterwards, I 
couldn't do much at all. Mm-hmm. So I found that balance is the best way to be a functional human being. <laughs> and and that's how I am. And um, it's actually, I was talking to you, Luke, remember about a year ago about um, about this subject and you were mentioning the, the list. Just do two or three things a day and you keep mm-hmm. on top of everything and... That's what I continue to do to this day. I have a list sitting here with about 10 items. I'll probably be doing those until mid-January. And yeah, it's a case of I do two or three things here. I might do one one of those things on the list um, every couple of days and because I've got other things um, going on constantly. I've got emails coming in, table talk stuff to do as well. But all in all, I found that um scheduling in gym and everything else keeps life balanced and i don't overload myself i don't crash now it's Mm. and i think it's important because if you overload yourself even if it's okay eventually you'll crash if you don't have Mm self-care i'm actually in the process of learning how i can use self-care to get more things done i'm just going to be careful i don't fall back into that because i don't want to crash ever again but I am learning that if you do do self-care properly, you can become a far more productive person as well. So you shouldn't be cutting that out. It should be incorporated so that you can get as much done as you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very insightful, Ben. Very insightful, very true. The What you were mentioning about you know having the few things on the list, I, I learned that the hard way because just, just saying, like when I was going through that phase of, relearning um time management like like i said you know after after we got married and i was trying to make the business work and you know i I tried i tried so many different things you know i thought well if i'm accountable for like every minute of the day then i'm going to get more done right you know and Mm. so i would literally plan my entire day to like five minute increments from from waking up to going to bed and the th- the trouble with that is, you know, you there is no way that you can 100% book your time for a day and expect it to run like clockwork because we're humans, we are not clocks, right? Mm. And uh, I just found myself virtually, virtually having like mental breakdowns every week because I was getting so far behind because mm. I... You know, I was supposed to finish this at 10.15, but it took me till 10.30. And there were two things that I had to do between 10.15 and 10.30. And so then that pushed them back and that pushes the next thing back. And then you end up going to bed late. And then you end up, you know, trying to survive on four and a half hours sleep. And, you know, and you end up in an absolute hot mess. And I found that that was non-sustainable. And yeah... When I was, I was actually talking to a friend of mine uh, who, whose uh, work I very much respect and his advice to me was, you know, you're making it too complex. You know, you just need to, you need to pick what works for you, like pick the, the big things. And this is what I said at the beginning, Dave, when you, when you asked, you know, about choosing the, the right things to do and then not doing too many of them. So, ask, you know, asking yourself, what is the one or two things that I could do today that would make everything else on my list considerably easier or eliminate the need for them completely. Mm. And so I started asking myself those kind of questions and the stuff that I ended up with on my list, like you, what you were saying before, Ben, doesn't sound like much when you say, you know, I've got like 10 things to do between here and January. It sounds like, well, that's ridiculously easy, but it's not. It's actually the fact that you've picked the highest value things to do. Highest value doesn't mean easy. That probably means harder than the other things. But if you do those things, it makes a whole bunch of other stuff just fall off your plate. And that requires you to Mm. have the discipline to say no to the other stuff that demands your time but doesn't yield any results. And so, yeah, if you can prioritize the right things and then put nothing, no more on your list than like 
you know, five main things in the day, then you can smash that out every day and you're, and you feel like a winner because you have done that. And then you're in a psychologically good position to go into the next day. Exactly. Exactly. If you overload yourself, you're either going to have to sleep less Mm-hmm. Or the quality of your work suffers, and neither of those are good options. And sleeping less will make the quality of your work suffer anyway. Very true. Mm-hmm. I think did, um, did, you first. Oh, I was just going to say, did anyone notice just how passionate we all got about that just then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Dave, get for it. No, I was just going to say, you were talking about how that made you feel, Luke. I know for mm. me... I'm not quite the same as you as as in I don't write things down to the same extent you do. That's Um, because you've got a mental whiteboard that I've never known anyone else to have. (laughs) Yeah, well, so, but it creates the same level of anxiety for me if on my mental whiteboard, as you call it, I see things that aren't getting done and sometimes Mm. that can actually affect your your social connections because, for example, for me, I might have in the past overscheduled my day and then been with somebody and in my mind been thinking about the three things that I still need to check off my list whilst trying to have a conversation or you know interact normally with this other human being and all I can think is how stressed I am that I'm not actually achieving my goals while having this conversation yeah I can see you guys nodding your heads vigorously yeah Mm -hmm. so that's that's a very real struggle so something I would say you know, you've you've talked about setting these these you know uh, fewer goals and most important goals for so prioritizing. I think also just choosing um, our, having our expectations set realistically is really important. Mm. So when we when we set our goals for our day or our week or our month, whatever you know your goals are, are, are however our time governed, um, I think we just need to be realistic about the goals that we set so that we are um, we are we do have aspiration to achieve much um but we also have you know recognition that we, that we are do have a finite capacity and so we're mm. not going to be able to achieve absolutely everything that we would like to achieve mm. and and sort of finding the balance between those two things is a bit of a fine art and and to start with you, you don't you know you don't get it right nobody mm. does we make mistakes we we get there by learning from those mistakes but one thing i would i would submit as an option to try to, I've just spoken about two things. One of them is stressing about not meeting our goals and the other is about choosing realistic goals. One way that we can sort of meet between those two experiences, I think, is also to to choose the right kinds of goals to start the day, mm. goals that you are likely to succeed in, hmm. um, to kick yourself off on the on the front foot, you know, mm-hmm. get get going, get some momentum built into your day and then maybe some of those goals that you might find a little bit more tricky um, don't put them right at the beginning of the day. Put them, you know, a little bit into the day. Maybe not right at the end so that they'll get pushed out of the day. Um, but far enough into the day that you've built up a bit of steam, you're, you're making good progress, you're feeling good about yourself so that when you attack those those goals, you're going to be in a better mindset for it. Because I think you can probably testify to the fact that if, if you manage your time in the opposite way and you put the hardest things at the beginning of the day and you start off the day wrong... Sometimes that can just throw out your productivity for the rest of the day, maybe even a week, depending on how yes. badly it went. <laughs> it um, certainly encourages procrastination because I was thinking the exact same thing. That's why I was mentioning just pop a podcast in for half an hour, go to clean something. I've got a small win to start the day off and I'm feeling good to tackle something hard afterwards. So 
I absolutely agree with that. I use it myself. Right. And I think another thing you do, Ben, as well, which is a good tool, is you, you hit the gym to start the day, don't you, most of the time? I'd be mostly doing it of an afternoon at the moment, oh, although okay. <laughs> it, it is... I, I have been doing early morning Fridays, and my Friday is really productive, so I agree. I'd prefer to do them all in the morning. It's just not always possible, but it certainly makes the day more productive and goes yeah. a lot smoother. I, I wish I had have continued this habit, but I know to begin um, last semester, I decided I was going to go for a, a bike ride every morning. Um, the first thing I did in the day, just wake up, you know, have some water, get yourself sorted <laughs> and then jump on the bike for a good half hour or so and just ride hard. And mm. I found my productivity for those few weeks that I managed to keep that up uh, really increased. So I think mm. doing something like that, something getting your body moving is a great way to increase your productivity as well. But mm. yeah, I, I think back to my, my point, I think what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we need to just be smart about the way that we plan our day. And yeah. another way that you can do what you're talking about, Ben, is you can have those little breaks um, after an allotted period of time. So let's say you're tackling a big task and then maybe a difficult task, one that you feel like, oh, this is something that might trip me up. Something that I do with that, so like for me at the moment, that's study related. Um, but let's say I've got you know some maths work that I really need to pump out and I'm not particularly looking forward to that maths work. Um, what I do is I, I allot a period of time, let's say it's two hours, and in uh, in that two hours, I want to achieve X, um, you know, amount of work, but that's not so much the concern. The concern is that if I get stuck, I am going to stop at two hours, no matter where I'm at, and have a break. Uh, mm. You know, it might be an hour for you, whatever it happens to be. But my point is, have a break, do something a bit more productive if you're stuck on something. Something like, you know, going and listening to your book, like you're saying, Ben, doing a bit of cleaning, whatever it is you happen to do. Go for a jog. Do a small task that you can knock over easily to get your momentum back up, something like that, and then come back to it. Because I think sometimes when we get stuck in a, in a cycle, that's mm. something that can really ruin our productivity. Mm. That's something that I'm still... I'm Like, if something's going to trip me up, that's it for me. Like, it, when I get on something and I'm grinding against it and I can't figure it out or whatever it is, I find it very hard. You know, you know the sunk cost fallacy? I find it very hard to say, <laughs> okay, it's time to stop. You know, like because I'm like, no, then the pr then the problem wins. I'm just going to grind against this for the rest of the day, and it's going to totally destroy the rest of everything I wanted to do. But I'm not going to let it beat me. Yeah. That's the most stupid thing. But I continue to do it, and I I don't I don't fall victim to it every time. But if I'm going to commit a uh, time management sin, that has to be it. Yeah, yeah, I do the exact same thing. However, once I get to a certain frustration level, I walk yep. away, or I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, wow, that was that was a that was a horrifying laugh, Luke. <laughs> that was just so resonating with me. Yeah, that's uh, that like, is like I know exactly how you feel. Yep. Uh -huh. That's like for, for me, like my uh, my kill switch now is uh, is going for a run. So like when I get when I get to that point, I will I will put my shears on and go for a run typically. And that is mm. such a such a um, when you change your physical state, it really does change your mental state. So it is a big yeah. big benefit if you can if you can be present ha be present in mind enough to do that. Uh, the other thing that I do if I get into that emotional spin, two things I've found that help aside from like physical activity. One is for me, and I guess this is possibly more apparent thing, but um, I'm, I'm typically at a sleep deficit. And so often 
like if my emotions are not in check, it is because I just simply have not had enough sleep. And so even if it's mm. like two o'clock in the afternoon, I will go on and, and have a sleep and wake up and then keep going. And it's like I'm a different person. <laughs> so <laughs> so that is like, you know, uh, secret, uh, secret source number one. And uh, number two is much less pleasant, but also rather effective if sleep isn't the problem. And that is like having a contrast shower, you know, hot and cold shower that mm. um, I, I find that, has a pretty significant effect on my mental state as well. So we've talked, we've spoken about goals. We've spoken about mm. rewarding ourselves for achieving goals and how that's mm. that can be something that could, you good that you can build into your day. When uh, we started out this year with our course, they taught us about SMART goals. So mm. SMART is an acronym um, that refers to the way in which you approach setting a goal. And I think it's important in this time management context in that it stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and then time bound. So when we have these goals, they need to be specific enough that we can't sort of whittle our way out of them. Um, <laughs> and they also need to be measurable so that when you've achieved them, you, there's, a, there's a sense of satisfaction that you've, you've accomplished something. And, and achievable and realistic just speak to the same reality we've just already been talking about. But I think it's really important that we... When we th- when we think what am I going to achieve today or this week or whatever that we that we make those goals that we set something that we can measure against so that we mm. a know when we've completed it and b can have that sense of satisfaction when we have. Um, mm. But I just want to go back to something I said at the beginning of the episode, and that was um, that I feel it's really important to give space in our day for and you know pot calling the kettle black in saying this i realize but um for having white space i know you luke as a graphic designer would value white space probably more than most people um in in a design context it's so important right if you create a page with too much uh, of anything um it's just hectic it's no longer attractive but if you leave enough white space it pads out the page it gives us gives it that sort of you know, drawing effect, right? But I think in our lives, we need to do the same thing for the very same reason. When we live that lifestyle that you were talking about, Ben, that really got you down or the lifestyle that I basically live my life every day like, what what it can do is it can, you know, something misses out, I think. Something mm-hmm. misses out, whether it's your personal life, your social life, uh, maybe maybe you <laughs> pad out your life with too many of those things and you don't get enough done. Uh, either way, it can work. But we need to have some space that, that breeds creativity. So I wanted to ask you, how, how do you guys do that in your lives? Ben, I think you've probably already spoken a bit to this, some mm. things that you do. Uh, Luke, you've sort of said running is maybe something like this, but what about in a, to put you in a creative zone? Mm. For me... Uh... This is something this is something that is a big struggle for me still and I'm still trying to figure it out really. But I actually schedule that into my day. So something that I'm I'm using at the moment and uh, shout out to my friend Jonathan who uh literally wrote the book on this, but he has um 5 minute habits and he recommended I do the same and so literally the stuff that I find important and to your question, specifically like creativity things, I have two or three spaces in my day where I can stop and I think about my personal projects, the stuff that I'm truly passionate about. I'm not getting paid for. I'm just plain passionate about it. And so um, I'm committed to stopping for, there's like, I think like three different projects that I think about on that 
front. And I have committed five minutes a day for each of them. And and that's a minimum five minutes. It could theoretically be more. But before I, I go to sleep, at at some point through the day, I will stop, literally turn a timer on, sit down and think about it for five minutes. And uh, that I find to be amazing because my life is just so crowded with kids and work and all the other stuff that has to happen. Very few things that are just nice because I like them ever happen. And so I, I plan at least a few five-minute bricks into each day uh, in order to make sure I spend a little, little bit of time on them. Hmm. That's cool. How often do you keep to five minutes? 50% of the time, maybe, something like okay. that. And the reason that it's five minutes is because if it's 15 or, you know, I'm speaking that arbitrarily, but if it's a longer time frame, I'm much more likely to say, I just don't have time for that today. Five minutes, it's like, yeah, anybody can put five minutes in their day. Even if it means I'm five minutes later going to sleep, it's just five minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's more a psychological thing that it's five minutes. It's a five-minute minimum. And like I said, I do that for those things that are are important to me that I like, Um, but I also do that for my work. That's how I structure my clients. And so every client that I have that I'm managing at any given moment, I have allocated five minutes per day, even if that's just thinking about that project, even if I'm not actively engaged in it, even if it's just thinking Mm. about it, I give five minutes to every client every day. So I'm at least mentally aware of where I'm at with them and they don't fall through the cracks. And I do that with, and I try to do that with every part of my life, with my spiritual life, with the things I'm just passionate about, with, you know, work as well. So, Okay. That's really cool. I like that idea. How about you, Ben? Anything stands out that you would recommend on that front? Or have you already covered that? I think I've covered most of it, but one of the big things is, yeah, just taking time to just be sometimes. It's, it's the reason why you often hear people go on digital detox camps and all the rest of it. I think there would be a less need of that if we just spent, like Luke said, even just five minutes a day, just paused and just thinking over um, what's important in our lives hmm. because it's it also helps us refocus on what's actually important in life as well because often we'll get so busy that we forget actually what's important. And mm. this is especially true, especially when we're talking about family, we're talking about our spiritual walk and things. I think it's one of the greatest weapon the devil has against us to just crowd and just taking that little bit of time to just think about things helps a lot because when our brain has a chance to think through what we're actually doing throughout the day and everything else, we can process things better, we get better outcomes, so... I would definitely agree with what Luke just said. It's just taking those little bits of time here and there Mm. to think about what's truly important in life and to Mm. give our brain a chance to reset before hitting the next task. And something something that just came to mind that I think is really important that that hasn't come up in in this discussion, well, two things really that haven't come up in this discussion. Um, One is, not even sure how to to label it, but... um, there is so much value in having a big picture view of where your life is and what you're trying to achieve. Mm. And so having having a big picture plan of of what you're doing in all areas of your life, this is not, ju- and I don't mean just, this is not just work. This is how am I going to be a better dad? How am I going to be a better friend or you know, better this or better that? Like have big picture ideas of the narrative, the story, telling, there's, there's the word I'm looking for, story, being able to tell the story of who you are from 
past to where you are now and to where you're going. If you have that in your mind, it's much easier to identify what the other priorities are because you know the person that God is leading you to be and you can mm. invest in the areas that God wants you to invest in. Mm. Oh, and the second, the second thing that I, was, um, that I said w- we haven't really mentioned in this discussion as well, probably worth throwing out there is that uh, in the smelling the roses kind of thing, like that, that self-care time alone, um, the Bible is so specific about that, right? Like God mm. set aside an entire day every week um, to force our time management to be better, right? So mm. we've got one day, you know, he set up the Sabbath for us to do a hard stop of everything and have a reset point. And I think mm. if that was important enough for God to do, then you know, we should consider it to be an important thing as well. Mm. Amen. Can can I um, add to what you were saying? I think it would be well for us to, uh, I think this is kind of what you were saying, Ben, but um, have, have a boredom habit or, or, or a boredom time mm. allocation mm. in our day. And I say I say it would be well for us to because I don't really do that. But <laughs> practicality, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, you know, like I used to sketch and I think that would be something that I should do. Mm. Um, which would it's it's something it doesn't require thinking it's yeah. a creative activity that you just do right and so while you're doing that you can be thinking about you know whatever's most important to you at that time mm. and just have some time to just chill with your thoughts so you know that might be coloring in for some people might be photography <coughs> um, <laughs> Luke yep. um, yes it, yes it, yes it, to it, all those things <laughs> You know, it might it might be nature. Uh, I remember a time in my life where I lived in a swag and I just remember one of the favorite parts of my days when I was going through that period was, was just lying in the swag at night and just looking up at that stars. You know, like just... just it, it was just relaxing time. It, there wasn't like heaps and heaps of thoughts flooding your mind. It was just you and God just there thinking just, you know, it was a good a time for uh, gratitude, I, I felt. Mm. So, yeah, I'm just, as I'm thinking about this now, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I should I should go and do that anyway from time to time. Just go out mm. and just spend 15 minutes lying on the grass looking up, you know, just to, just to sort of have that moment to reflect. Mm. I think reflection is really important. Mm. I, I think another time management thing that should be factored in and i also say this because i'm very bad at it is your social connection i find it really hard to manage i'm going to say the three areas of my life when it comes to time management which are you know the productivity things that i have to do during the day or that i want to do during the day and then the social things and then the blank space that we were just talking about i i feel like Something's always going to miss out for me. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm always, I, I'm, I'm very bad at balancing all three of those at the same time. And so I think it's really important to. And I was thinking that when you were talking about your five minutes thinking about your clients, Luke. Hmm. You, you obviously, when your friendship circle is as big as ours are, you can't necessarily spend five minutes thinking about every person in your life. Otherwise, you, you don't have any day left. <laughs> but maybe the people that are closest to you, you know, five minutes to stop and, and think about them or maybe you know someone that might require some communication just shoot them a message let them know you're thinking of them that sort of thing mm-hmm. that's a that's a great time management habit which it might not seem like a productivity thing but it's it's a living in the moment thing so mm. 
Yeah. Just on, just on that, Dave, uh, I was talking to Bigsy, you know, for, for a friend of ours, Maddie Biggs. Um, shout out to you, Maddie, if you're listening to us. I, I was chatting to Maddie this week, and he was saying that he felt impressed that uh, he he was going to add to his schedule every day. He was just going to connect with one person, like didn't matter if it was just a you know message or a, or a short call, but just just to contact people and just tell them that they were important to him and see how they were doing mm. and i thought that's actually a really good a really good practice to get into you know just to even if it is just one person a day it doesn't seem like much when you say it like that but that's a lot of connection when you put that over time yeah hmm. yeah that's really good so we've actually like i think we've covered a r- bunch of really interesting things are there any uh, any things that stick out in your minds as things that we haven't talked about or anything that you think is is uh particularly important that we cover before we wrap up this episode? Uh, just one more thing for me, and that is how important it is to say no. Mm. Mm. Very. You don't wind up in the situation that I'm in if you say no. So take it from somebody who knows that not saying no is not a very good time management practice. <laughs> you just get too many things going in your life and you know, then you spread yourself thin and you're not productive at any of them. And so, yeah, having the ability to know what you are going to consider important for you each day and then saying no to the things you don't consider as important to you that day or delegating them to somebody else, that's a really important time management practice. Yeah, definitely, because if you're not saying no to the things that you're not good at, not interested in, or even if they're just good because you're looking for that great opportunity... If you're not saying no to those, you're not saying yes to the best, your greatest opportunities that do pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just, you spread too thin. You just say, well, I'm sorry, but I just don't have time to chase that opportunity. Yep. Mm. Yep. And it's hard to do that guilt-free, but we should be able to somehow not have to feel guilty about saying no to things. And one that I'm going to throw out there that may not be a popular option, and this is because... Um, I would not have liked this had I not got to the conclusion myself. But no, no one's coming to rescue you from yourself. Mm. And, you know, I there have been times in, in my life where life was not going well. You know, like, as regular listeners will know, you know, just like in in our family, you know, Sarah has spent a lot of time unwell. And so that has meant, you know, me spending a, a lot of time as, as a dad and not a lot of time doing the stuff like for, for work or ATT or whatever it may be. And uh, there was times in my life where due to that, I was resent. I don't know if resentful is the word, but like, I was like, oh, but you know, I just need a fair break. I just need a fair go. I just need life to be a little bit easier on me so I can finally do what I want to do. And... Eventually, I got to the point of like, well, actually, no one owes me anything. If I want my life to be different, that's my responsibility. That's not somebody else's responsibility. And once I, once you take extreme responsibility for the position that you are in, then is the only time that you are capable of changing it. Like at that particular time in that moment where I guess I had that realization, my my response to that was at the time, you know, it was winter and so the kids it was kids waking up later and so kids were waking up about seven and so I decided that I would just start getting up at four a.m. and I would work from four a.m. till they woke up at seven, and uh, it's not easy makes <laughs> makes life a lot less fun than it could be. But the point is that until you take responsibility for the life that you're living, you're never going to be able to get anywhere with it. So. So yeah, not a popular viewpoint, but just throwing that out there. If you're feeling like you're just waiting for life to get more fair or easier, it won't. So it, you, you're better off, 
you know, doing whatever you can with what you have because you've got something, you know, you've got, you've got life, you've got time, you've got ingenuity, you've got creativity that God gave you, so utilize it. Right. And yeah. sometimes in bad situations, you know, you're not going to be able to take a big leap and get out of it, but no. you will be able to take small steps. And so mm-hmm. those five-minute habits you were talking about earlier could include small five-minute habits into your life to try to build yourself back up to a place that you're happy with. And if I could actually go so far as saying... Pick the smallest thing that you can do first. Don't do like dramatic and massive mm. changes immediately because you won't sustain them. So you're much better off picking, not even picking something that's easy. Pick something that is so simple that it's actually slightly embarrassing if you were to tell your friends that that's what you were doing. Make it mm. that easy and then add to that in an ongoing basis. And that, that's how you improve. It's how you grow. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Ben, did I cut you off before? Were you going to say something? No, no. No, no. all good. Cool. It was just agreeing. Yeah, I was saying exactly, so... (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, uh, with with that, um, we'll we'll probably wrap this up for for another session, but guys, thank you so much for going on the ride with us. This is a topic that we're passionate about because I've often thought about time management as being the gearbox of life, right? Like, you know, what gear you're in depends how far we're going to travel. And uh, so if you've enjoyed this, I invite you to send it to your friends. Tell them about it. Tell them that you enjoyed it. And uh, if you haven't left us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as yet, please do so. We would love to be able to read that out on the show, give you a cool nickname to go with it. And uh, having said that, we will see you next week. See ya. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.